Hi guys, today we have a couple that um, you're gonna really love getting to know, Mary and Ryan. And um, we're excited, they're a foster family and we're excited to kind of hear their story. Um, I'm Kara and this is- Nick's here. Nick, and um, tell us, so, so introduce yourselves and tell us just a little bit about yourselves. Ryan. We have been married for almost 13 years and we have been, uh, we live on the suburbs of Portland and we have been foster parents for seven years, six, six or six years, six and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So what's the breakdown of kids you have? Um, if you've adopted any, give us all of your, your spiel. So we have four kids. Our son's we adopted them six and a half years ago. Uh, they came home and they are 11 and nine. And then our daughter, she came home, it'll be five years ago in February and she is 10. And then last October, we got a call about our newest edition and she will be a year on the 31st, so in two days. <laughs> That's amazing. So our uh, oldest daughter, we fostered for three and a half years before we adopted her. And then our almost one year old, we're just fostering her right now. So, wow. yeah. So what initially got you guys um, interested in fostering? Well, it's a super long story. Knowing the whole story is really, really cool. Yeah. Totally. Um, when it comes to, because foster care and adoption for us are so intertwined. Mm -hmm. When Mary and I first met, um, she had this like huge heart to run an orphanage in the Philippines. Oh. And it was just always a burden ever since she was in 14 years, how old were you? Uh, 12. 12 years old. She just had this vision of running an orphanage. Um, I did not share that same <laughs> vision at all. Like I was just like, that's not like, that's sweet, I love it, but that's not for me. Um, a lot of it personally just birthed out of selfishness, I would say. Um, so we got married, and you wanna lead them through kind of how we got to Yeah, so we got married and uh, we went through years of infertility and we wanted to start a family right away. We were young and wanted to be young parents and God just kept closing the doors and obviously, um, cause we never had uh, biological children, but that turned out to be the biggest blessing in the world because it was about, I think five years into us trying to build our family that I felt God speak to me and tell me that we were going to adopt and I needed to pray for my husband. Wow. And so I told him, I said, I know we're going to do this and we're just waiting for you. So <laughs> I started to pray. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Uh, I started to pray and it was pretty cool because at that time he was at on staff at another church in Vancouver, Washington. And the pastor there started praying every day. His other co-pastor started praying every day. Thank you, God, that you adopted us as sons and daughters. 
And so my husband was just washed in this whole thinking of how, how God feels of us. And so then one day he came home and he was like, he's like, I need to challenge my own selfishness. And I think we need to move forward in this. And we actually didn't ever intend to adopt from the United States or ever foster. That was actually something we always said no to. <laughs> like we said, we had one, I had one stipulation. It was like, <laughs> we're not doing this domestically and definitely not foster not care. <laughs> like no foster care. Why is that? And, and that was for a variety of reasons. You know, from, from growing up, I had experienced my best friend, uh, they adopted from the foster care system and it was, it was hard hard years for them and um, even personally when I was in middle school um, I only have one biological sibling but when I was in middle school my parents were pretty much given a special needs child um, to like hey you have custody on this kind of random he had fetal alcohol syndrome mixed with some um, like Asperger's and it was it was a really really difficult uh, journey for me again very selfish like individual um so yeah i had a lot of like no that there was i was very adamant on not adopting from or or even fostering at all yeah but so when we decided to start our adoption journey we went with ethiopia and within a month of us turning in all of our paperwork uh the country closed down and so we're like okay god what do you want for us and then it was about six months later we just kept praying and we also had said too that we didn't want any older kids. We're like three and under. <laughs> Sounds like us. Yeah. And we're like, okay, no. And then we got a call from a friend who had this little girl in Ethiopia and their orphanage was still open and she was six or seven. Mm-hmm. And so we just felt like it was God saying yes to us. And we got all of our paperwork in within a month and then we got a call that her biological father who was still alive in ethiopia decided that he wanted her to age out in the orphanage and he didn't want her to be adopted anymore oh wow so we were completely devastated so kind of like two failed adoptions but we see like i firmly believe that god works all things together for the good and what we saw in that of expanding our horizon we went from okay, our first adoption, we want a baby. Like, and then it's like, all of a sudden now we're open to a six-year-old. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> so, so, I, so, yeah. I sharing, yeah. so I was sharing, so I was sharing all of this. What was that? Sorry, you just need to get flexible. Yeah, yes. totally. So I'm sharing all of this with our church one night. And I have a, my, my, actually crazy, my best friend growing up was happened to be there. He calls me the next day and he says, Ryan, um, we have some friends that are fostering two little boys and they're praying for a great home. Um, would you guys be like interested in doing this? And I'm like, we just came from this failed adoption. I'm like, oh Lord, I don't know. I'm like, I'll have my people call your people, my, my wife call your <laughs> wife. And, and, and she did and. So she, she, I called her and she told me all about them and they were five and a half and two and a half at the time. And 
it's kind of funny because I always wanted two kids for the price of one. <laughs> and so I never like vocalized that. I was like, maybe we'll get twins. <laughs> but then she sent me like their personal Instagram page so I could kind of see and get a feel for them. And then I found out that they were Native American. And if anybody in foster care knows that there's a whole other thing that comes with that. Yeah. But that's a big part of our story. And so we decided to pursue them and we saw one thing after another that normally when you go to the adoption process that there's they take multiple people to committee and they decided to only take us the tribe the tribe had to sign off on us and and they asked they said hey do you guys have any native american blood like you know they try to keep keep families together and we're like at the time, we're like, no, not a chance, like, no, no, nothing at all. And the tribe signed off on us, like, miraculously. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, so about six months later, we had to redo all of our paperwork again, and then our boys came home. And wow. so that's kind of how we got into that type of fostering, or not, it wasn't fostering because we were adopting, but into the DHS system. Right. So I quit my job, and then... It was about a year and a half later. We knew we wanted to expand our family again. We said again that we did not want an older child <laughs> and we didn't want to do foster care again because even though we adopted, it was still a messy. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> you guys know. And so then we were on our way to California and a gal I knew from my previous job, she was a, a, customer of ours randomly texted me and said I don't know if you guys are wanting to expand your family but I have this little girl that we're an emergency placement for she's almost getting ready to go through termination would you guys be interested and our daughter was five and a half and six at the, almost six at the time and it was again we saw her picture we fell in love and we knew she was supposed to be ours yeah, so right away. And the, the other mm -hmm. side of the, our story is our boys, when they went, um, they had a few placements before we adopted them, but their, their main foster family, they were so, they were such incredible people. Mm -hmm. Like their foster mom, foster dad, and um, we're so grateful for mm -hmm. them. I mean, they loved, our, 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 our youngest son, he was too, to, with them and he was one who wasn't held for a long time early in his life and the, his foster mom just held him almost all day long and yeah. just did so much loving and caring and so that's a huge they're a huge part of our story of why we even pursued our daughter yeah and we fostered her for three and a half years of just knowing um, and seeing I mean we are the recipients of great foster parenting and not because of us and our foster yeah, parenting, but yeah. from someone else even. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that they loved and they cared on our boys yeah. until we were able to adopt them was yeah. huge. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, so we fostered our daughter for two, three and a half, three mm -hmm. and a half years. And oh my gosh, um, you guys are foster parents yeah. and you know, and a lot of people probably listening who are foster parents, you know, the roller coaster, the roller coaster of the system, the roller coaster of emotion. Oh. Oh my gosh. For that three years, was it pretty much up in the air majority of the time where it was headed? Or how did that kind of, if you're, I mean, if you're comfortable talking about it. Yeah. So our daughter, when she came to us, uh, she'd already been in the system for about a year and a half. And we were her eighth, eighth seventh? Eighth. Eighth placement. Yeah. 
And so when she came to us, they're like, we should be terminating by the summer, you know, six months. And it did not go that way. Uh, It was a back and forth. We started transitioning her. So we got her in the end of February. And then we started transitioning her her back with her biological mom in the fall, September-ish time. Then that all went bad. And then she was back with us, but then they were still talking about returning her for three and a half years. We went through that and it was definitely emotional, uh, trauma on all of us. (laughs) 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 How amazing that feeling must have been when you did finally adopt. Oh man. (laughs) We had, we went, we had how many, five caseworkers Mm -hmm. total kind of come through. She had five caseworkers and I think four of them we're at our adoption ceremony. <laughs> so it was really sweet. We had a lot of support from. It's really from awesome the that she only had the one set of foster parents though, that, that you guys were the well, consistent. for that whole time. For that three yeah. years during that time, yeah. you guys were there, the consistent piece in her life. Um, that's a yeah. really important, that's a really important piece of that, of this story, I think. So then you finally <laughs> get the baby. <laughs> How did so. So we finalized that adoption in June of yeah. 2019. So it was just last year. And, and then we got a call. We actually said after that one again that we didn't want to foster We're like, we're again. done. It's a, <laughs> the longest three and a half years of our lives. <laughs> and then our baby, she is actually biologically related to our boys. Oh, wow. So we got the call from her about her and we're just going with the flow again. Starting over. Yeah, so we, we got, so that was our first like baby experience this last year. She turns one on, on Saturday and um, wow. yeah, we've, we've learned a lot, so. So how old was she when she came to your home? Uh, we went to the hospital when she was about seven days old and we were there for a few days. Yeah. Uh, she was born with a lot of complications and a feeding tube and such. And so we just waited there until we could bring her home. And Yeah. That's amazing. You guys have such an incredible story. What, um, <laughs> what would you say is the biggest misconception of foster care? What did you learn? What, you know, what, uh, What's, what's maybe one of the myths or one of the, one of the stigmas of foster care that you would uh... dispel? Yeah. Um, I think for myself, and you guys probably hear it a lot, is people say like, oh, I could never do that. It's a special kind of person, or you must be really this or that. <laughs> and I, I think the thing I would tell anybody is like, I'm no special person. I'm just a person that was willing and said yes. Because I mess up, we've gone through, you've, you have kids that come with trauma and nobody handles that perfectly. Uh, so I think for myself that that's something that I would try to encourage and tell people that, no, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. You just have to be willing to say yes and love a child that can be really difficult. And love goes a long way. I mean, that's what I love about the name of the podcast that you guys have because I just think, you know, from the day we got our, our daughter in particular, uh, she, she's a different person. And even in yeah, six yeah. months time, she was different in a year's time, she was different. 
And it's just neat to see where pursuit and love and I want you, it goes so far in a child's life that no matter how much you try to push me away, I'm going to still pursue you. I'm going to still love you. And that just, I, I know that that changed everything. Yeah. 100%. And everyone deserves that. Like everyone deserves to have parents that love them no matter what, you know, every, yeah. you know, every other relationship in our life, you know, friends and you, you have to, you maybe don't have that, but to have that from your parents is just so, I mean, it's such a safe, um, at home feeling and yeah, sad to think that anyone wouldn't have that. Yeah. And that was a cool perspective that you shared that I've never heard before. How, how grateful you are to the foster parents of your older boys, mm -hmm. how much love that they provided them. And, um, you know, there was, if there's people worried about fostering and, and, and and having the kids leave the home it's that's kind of part of the message too that the, the love yeah. will be wasted and um those boys were so much better off for their foster parents and now they're in, yeah. in your care and they're even even better off so that's a cool perspective and that's that's amazing how much gratitude you have for their foster parents Oh man, er, the early days we were very insecure. <laughs> like, just to be it's honest, because so there's such great people, yeah. and we're like, oh man, these boys are never gonna love us as much as they love them. And, you know, we're human, right? So, um, but no, they they were incredible and just invaluable, yeah. honestly. And the neat thing is, is that actually all of our kids had really great people before they came to us. So our daughter, she was in emergency placement for two months before she came home to us. And these people, we, they love Jesus and they just poured that into her. Mm -hmm. And so when she came to us, they had already started the healing process in her mm -hmm. life. And then our baby, even for the seven days before we were able to get our paperwork together to go and get her, uh, it was another couple that loved Jesus and prayed over her until we got there. So we just we truly value the people that have said yes because we absolutely yeah we've gotten benefits from it <laughs> is there anything that stands out that you learned um from them that any of them that comes to mind hmm it's a great question <laughs> you know i think for for me i think it was just um in particular the first family that had our boys is that they were willing to love and know that that community that they weren't the family to keep them um yeah. and that definitely that has helped me over the years um with being okay, like if our daughter didn't end up staying with us, that she was still worth it in the time that we spent with her. And even if our baby doesn't stay with us, that she's still worth it in the time that we get her. Yes, I love that. It really is just the theme. It sounds so simple and maybe even cliche to people, I think, but it really is just like loving somebody, you know? Yeah. It's the, all the magic is there and everything else is kind of just details. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's being faithful just to show up and be present. Yeah. Like these kids have, they've had nothing but loss after loss after loss and just 
being that one constant even in their life mm-hmm. um, is so valuable as well. But I love, I love what you just shared because love um, without even return, you know, mm-hmm. just, yeah. Yeah. it's like that unconditional love. And yeah, our, we, we asked um, our boys as foster parents, we're like, are you sure you don't want to adopt these boys? Like, why? And I was just like, this is, this is what God wants of us. Like we, this yeah. is our calling is, and I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and to do that, like, it is the hardest thing thinking about like our baby possibly who you probably hear in the background. She's, oh, she's like ready for dinner. I don't know. But yeah, just to think like one day, okay, she might not be with us forever and um, that will be hard. But it's so worth it to give her this first year of just, I mean, that, this girl is spoiled on love, I'll tell you. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Having those siblings, too, to, to love on her, too. Well, we'll let you get her some dinner. Um, thank you so much for hopping on here and telling us a little bit about your story. It's just so inspiring. And I love so much that you guys said just that, you know, you're just regular people. I think being a parent in any facet is, it's, I mean, you're just giving up your whole heart to, to yeah. a child and all of us that do that know what that feels like and know how difficult it is. And there's no promise that anything will turn out any which way. Yeah. And I totally. think with foster parents, it's the same. Um, it might be, you know, a little bit more high stakes than a lot of people are thinking of, but with their, you know, with their biological children. But I think, um, the essence of it is just the same. And I love that you guys said that. Um, yeah, it is the hardest thing <laughs> probably we've ever done, but one of the most rewarding things. Yeah. Well, I think you're the, the model for, you know, the message to anyone looking into foster care is you guys had such strong feelings of inadequacy and that, that mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able yeah. to live up to the, to the bill, but you're doing it. And, and it's really what we've just discussed, just, just loving without return, which is really what any type of parenting is, mm-hmm. is about. Yeah, very true. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And with, with, with all of us, with, you know, you guys, it's like, we're not, no one's given us a guarantee of our kids for X amount of days, oh. whether they're biological or whether they're adoptive or whether they're drop foster care. And it's like, as a parent, yeah, our job is to love and be faithful, to yeah. be present mm-hmm. with them. Well, thanks so much for hopping on this podcast with us. I'm sure everyone will fall in love with you guys. Do you have anything you want to add before we close it out? I, I would say this for those maybe listening who aren't fostering or maybe it, it's not their season to foster. Um, there's still a place for them in all of our lives. Like we need like our friends like to come alongside of us. And, and maybe that's you listening. Like you, you have friends who are fostering, like see how you can be a good support and fill the gap for them as well. And uh, learn how to care for, yeah, foster parents. Yeah. So. I think practical needs in that sense of like when somebody gets a placement, maybe bringing them a meal or offering to do getting certified to do respite care those are huge huge things because you are giving a lot of your energy to these wonderful children but it can get tiring and mom and dad need a day every once in a while so that's a huge a huge part and um just coming alongside of the families yeah i love that and just being a part of it in that in that small way is you know, maybe going to change the way you talk about and think about foster care in the future and just changing as many people's perceptions on it as possible, I think will change the entire uh, perception of it. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Ryan and Mary, thank you thank so you much. Thank you so much. It's lovely thank you. Thank you for yeah, thanks so much for having us. Thank you for coming on and thank you for being the parents that you are, the ambassadors <laughs> that you are for foster care and adoption. And um, thanks everyone for listening for, to, to this, this podcast this week. Uh, remember to find us on the website, loveisneverwasted.org, Instagram, lovenerverwasted, and comment below. Leave subscribe. A, subscribe. Leave a review. <laughs> and, uh, thanks again. Thank you.